Hello and welcome to the Water Cooler Podcast, Episode 7. My name is Marley Silverbrand and I'm joined by... By Jerry. Uh, Jerry, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm a little tired. Just got off work like an yeah, hour you, ago. <laughs> you just you I, just started a new job, right? Yeah, in Sacramento, Spin. It's a scooter company. Yeah. That's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm just in not really enjoying this record heat wave that we're in right now, especially oh, man. when especially <laughs> when we're recording and I don't have the AC on because of audio. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's see if I can make it through this podcast without collapsing. <laughs> so, but fingers we, crossed. Yeah, we do have a lot of stuff to talk about today. The, as we're recording this, the Blazers and, and Memphis uh, just finished up their playing game. The first one, it's it, was that the first playing game in NBA history. Yeah, yeah. So that was really exciting. Uh, Memphis falls short, though. But uh, Jerry, you kind of predicted this. They're your dark horse. Yep. Blazers. <laughs> <laughs> Playing lights out. But before we get into the other topics that we have to talk about, we have a few housekeeping. Uh, we got our first donor over the. Uh, this last week, uh, Jerry's wife was generous enough to become our first donor at 99 cents a month. So thank you, Jerry's wife. In the future, if you want to be referred to as someone else, or if you don't mind your name like on air, uh, please let us know like in a message or on Twitter and stuff like that. And then also, uh, Jerry and I have been talking about pumping out episodes uh, for a while now. Uh, we're talking about maybe uh, upping up our upping our recording schedule to two episodes a week. Uh, so so stay tuned. We wouldn't necessarily be talking about sports like all the time. Like maybe like that second episode would be like an interview or something like that. Or I don't know. We just want to pump more episodes out for you guys, especially since we have people actually paying for the podcast now. We want them to get their money's worth. So uh, yeah, uh, Jerry, do you have anything else to talk about? No, cool. Just <clears throat> hopefully we start doing the episodes like more often to get more people content. And then like Marley said, we'll try to switch it up whenever we can. Yeah, uh, for sure. But yeah, that's all for housekeeping today. Uh, so uh, let's get into, you want to just talk about this Blazers game? Yeah, man. So I was, I was at work, unfortunately. I was watching it little by little. And I did get home in time to watch the, I think, the last two two minutes. And Melo, man, he hit a clutch three again. Dude, I I, I told you, on, I sent you a text, like, when he mm-hmm. made that shot. I was like, could you imagine, like, at the beginning of the 2019-2020 season that Melo would have a game-winning or game, like, a, a game-dagger in a play-on game, like to push, put the his team into the in, into the postseason. Like, no, I would have never predicted that in a million years because he was he was so washed at the beginning of the season, and like he's totally changed his game. He's he's fitting perfectly in Portland, which I'm happy for him, and not necessarily happy for like the Blazers because I kind of see them as a rival, being a Kings fan, but like. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, uh, uh, I don't I'm, know. I'm happy they're doing good because to our viewers, if you've been listening to the first pod, 
appreciate it. And you would know that I picked them as my dark horse. So I'm drinking one for for the Blazers for making playoffs. Right. Uh, yeah. The, I, I, I'm not saying that the Blazers don't deserve it. It's just I, I just have this sort of – I know a lot of salty Blazers fans that whenever the Kings play the Blazers, they're always, like, in my mentions and stuff like that and sending me, like, these texts. So it's it's nothing personal against that team. It's just uh, – you, you know what I mean, right? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, John Morant, dude. Yeah. He, he had a carry. 35 points, I believe, yeah. for John Morant. Eight assists. Uh, this Memphis team is impressive. Like, I really – Oh, man. John it Morant, um, Triple J. Uh, <laughs> he, he didn't play. He was still injured, but – Yeah, they, this, they needed him. It would, the, he would have made a huge difference. He would have made a huge difference. Because I feel like without those two, this team is – they need to seriously make some changes in the offseason. Like, the, they have Jaw. Like, he's definitely a star, a star in the making, and you can build around him. Mm-hmm. But and Dylan is... Brooks is good, too. Yeah, Dylan and, uh, Brooks. The rookie, Brandon Clark, he, he hit some good threes today, four for five. Like, he, he... man. Yeah, like those three guys, like, right there that helped him out tremendously and i would totally keep those but i feel like everyone else is kind of expendable like you could you could trade them or you could pack you could package them in a deal and get someone of like equal or better value in my opinion like grayson allen grayson allen like why is he even on an nba team uh sorry for all the grayson allen he's all right defensively i wouldn't necessarily say he's that's why they had him on on dame like in, in crunch and, time yeah uh which was i guess a good decision but yeah um i don't know there's there's just a lot of weird players on on that memphis team that i feel like you could not mess you you wouldn't really want to build have them around john moran i, I would want more explosive players but uh, another player I like on on Memphis is Kyle Anderson. I thought he he had some really nice shots, like in the clutch of this game, and also I've all I, I think he's a really good defender too. I yeah. liked him. I liked him when uh, he he has that Greg Popovich mentality. That, that yeah, uh, that's where he's from. Yeah, he I'm was from you. started in uh, from those uh, started on the Spurs, but I don't know. He's he's such a He's such a unique player and also just a quiet player because no one really talks about him, I feel like. He kind of gets mm-hmm. – un- it's like under the radar, but he's still like a really nice a- like asset to have. And he's yeah, – I think he's, he's like a, He's good all around. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's super young. Yeah. He Today he had 10, 10 points, 9 assists, and 6 rebounds. Yeah, that's a really good stat line. Like if it's almost double – like double figures in every category, but – uh, and also, he Dang. like you can definitely uh, use him in the high post a lot too. And I saw them using that yeah. strategy a lot in this game. Uh, but yeah, it's Memphis is an interesting team. It's they're definitely. Gonna, I'm not sure if they'll make the playoffs next year, but if, next year, if, if there is a next year, bubble wise, yeah, bubble wise, or even just COVID wise, see if we're still alive in a year, anyways. <laughs> Uh, this was such a it was such a good game for yeah. not even being a a playoff game or a um, I guess a regular season game because it was just the 
a seeding game, it was it was good, man. Yeah. I hope they continue it. Yeah, I hope they continue it too. Whether if the because the NBA has always been talking about having like a tournament t- style like uh, series, like not uh, mm-hmm. something other than the postseason. So maybe yep. this is something that they could implement in, into that. So, but yeah. Uh, but speaking of like seeding games and well, not ne- necessarily a seeding game, but uh, the Phoenix Suns, they were only a few games behind Memphis and the Blazers. They went eight and in the bubble and they get literally nothing. What do you like? What do you think yeah, about that? <laughs> they played their hearts out. Yeah. it's They, they did whatever they did the, the best they could, eight and zero. You can't yeah. ask better than that. They just needed help from some other teams, but that the it, other team was the Blazers, and they weren't yeah. gonna lose. Yeah, it's just kind. Of, it's almost like I feel like they should have erased like the schedules or the the records before all this happened, because if that that were the case, then Phoenix would obviously be an eight seed, or probably be a number one seed actually. But it, it I don't know. It just seems like. Phoenix work, played their hearts out, and yep. the, like, I guess they get like experience through all this, and they'll, they're going to grow together as a team. But I don't know. It's just like it's just one of the sacrifices in the bubble, I guess. So I'm not sure if there's much to say here, but uh, it's just I just thought it was funny that Phoenix goes eight and zero, and they don't even get to play. Like, it seems like there should have been a playing game for like the ten nine seed, if, but. I don't know. Maybe in the future. And the the best thing about it for the Grizzlies was that they came into the bubble with the four-game lead over everybody else below them. So that was huge. Yeah. Because you know how bad they did in the bubble. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, think, but, I think they went one for seven. Yeah. Um, not, not so that so was huge. And then they were tied with the Blazers at the – I think the same day they played the Nets, so the mm-hmm. Blazers and the Nets, they were tied the same day, and they just, I don't know, I guess just Dame time. Right. That's it. That's your, all you your can dark say. Horse, dark horse time. <laughs> yep, basically. But this is kind of a, a good segue, like talking about Phoenix and Memphis. Like if you were like a GM, like watching – watching these games like in the bubble like which which team would you like rather take over would you rather take over phoenix with devin booker and or memphis with john morant and jaron jackson jr oh that's tough because they're both young yeah it's i think it's tough too but in i don't know i like i i think i could do something with memphis like phoenix there's there's a lot of question marks there whether Mm -hmm. they're eight no is a fluke just because of just the bubble mentality and stuff like that. And they were taking advantage of it. So I would like to see how Phoenix builds on this. Like I know Memphis is already going to be good in the future, but Phoenix still has a lot to prove just because they've been bad for so many years. Yeah. And, and plus uh, one player that didn't play was, um, was what's his name? Kelly Oubre. So he, he, he fits so perfect with them. He just didn't, I don't know why he didn't play in the bubble. I know he was there, but I don't think he played at all. Maybe he was injured. Yeah, or but I he's think, he's didn't he's he have a game. I'm not sure. Or, or like he was recovering from it or something like that. Or I don't know. 
but he, that's super weird that that he wouldn't play because he he's big for them like in games before the the suspension. So, but yeah, I don't know. I just like Memphis more just because John Morant is so explosive. Like seeing those drives like today were just absolutely yeah, insane. Yeah. Like he was breaking even down Dame the said it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was so breaking crazy. down the defense. Well, not that Portland has like the best defense in the, in the league, but they're still like veteran. Yeah, twenty eighth in the <laughs> league, but they're still veteran players. And just getting and John Moran as a rookie in the league, and he's definitely going to get rookie of the year. If, yeah, if Zion exactly. gets rookie of the year, it's I feel like it's going to be rigged. No, I don't think he will. He only played what twenty something games. Yeah, he 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 won't get it, but um, John John Moran de- definitely deserves it. I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll move on to our next topic. We had a a few uh, teams letting go or people walking away from positions. Uh, Vladi Divac resigned from the Sacramento Kings uh, general manager position. Alvin Gentry was fired, and Jim Boylan was also fired from their uh, respective organizations. Uh, Jerry, what do you think about all three of these for the For the first one, uh, Vlade, mm-hmm. I, I texted you, like, off off the pod. Mm-hmm. I texted you about it, and you, you seem surprised, too. I feel like it's a good thing for you guys. I, well, I think it's a good thing too. Vlade tried his best, and I'm it's, not it's saying huge because I'm not saying he is was a he was definitely a flawed GM, and he's made mistakes. But if you look at the team when uh, the team he inherited when he took over, mm-hmm. like this team that he like when he's walked away is a massive improvement. There's so much talent yeah. on this team. And whoever takes over this team, like it, it base it basically makes whoever wants to take over this team, it makes this job a more attractive position to take over. Like when Vlade took over, no one wanted to touch the Sacramento Kings because they were a dif- dysfunctional organization, and just and uh, just no no one wanted to bite. So Vlade was the only one that uh, like took the bait. And yes, he, I feel like the. The the one the two mistakes that he probably did make that were just crucial were if you look back at it now, especially with Luca, like passing on Luca was the biggest mistake. And the number one mistake I think would be trading your two first round draft picks to Philly to free up cap room when and then sign Rondo for a one year rental. So yeah. that I feel like that is probably bigger than Luca in my opinion, just because those two first round draft picks were huge. And like we swapped those picks with Philly, and I forget what I honestly forget what draft what draft that was. Jerry, if you want to look that up for me, but like Vlade wasn't bad, but like when he traded Cousins, he said after two years, if the Kings weren't any better, then he would step down from his current position. And he technically he was right on that, like plus eighteen months, but even. Like if he stepped down last year, when the the Kings won thirty nine wins, then everyone would kind of be looking around because people were saying Vladi was a success last year, like when they won thirty nine wins and they were super competitive. So he just wanted to see like what this team was with Luke Walton, and obviously this team is kind of a failure this year, very much a failure, I I should say. Uh, so 
I don't know. Like, I, I get that's kind of a long-winded answer, but I, I'm excited for the future. I'll just say. Uh, I think it was in 2016. 20, yeah, so right to swap first-round picks 2016 and 2017. Yeah, and those drafts, we I think we – I honestly So you traded away Carl Landry, Nick Stauskas, Jason Thompson – Mm-hmm. And right to swap first round picks 2016 2017 future first round pick and then rights to Arturas good good Yatis. He, he never played a single NBA game. Never Mitrovic. played Yeah. He never played a single game for us. So I don't really see that as a very good trade, especially <laughs> what the Sixers got in return. Uh but, yeah. but yeah. Um I know, I know you 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 said before my long-winded answer, but what what do you think about this? I, I think it's it's good. Like you basically said the whole thing. Uh, he he had good time here, some bad too as well. Like drafting Fox was a good a good thing too. Uh, but, yeah. I, but I know I know you guys can improve. So I, I'm I've been trying to see who who you guys can get, and then we we're talking off the record as well. You brought up uh, what was his name Scott Perry. Yeah, Scott Perry with the Knicks. I feel like with uh, is who's the guy that took over for the Knicks now? He's the basketball operations president of basketball operations. Leon Rose. Leon Rose yeah. is like the the main guy now. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised since Joe Dumars the interim GM right now for the Kings. I wouldn't be surprised if he's calling the Knicks saying that if they can take Perry back because Scott Perry has worked with Joe Dumars like in, in Detroit and. He they, he helped build that Detroit Detroit team that defensive mm-hmm. Detroit team which has yep. me excited. Uh, so hopefully he can turn the Kings around. So, but and uh, like another interesting thing that I was reading yesterday is that since Vlade hired Luke Walton, it made me think like is Luke Walton's job already in jeopardy after a year? But supposedly, Luke Walton is safe for the next two years, which could also be with the collective bargaining agreement not even like in set in stone like a lot of these teams don't really have money to throw around so they're probably just going to ride it out with Luke Walton for the next two years until this whole this whole uh uh COVID-19 like pandemic is over and things can relatively go back to normal and teams can start making their money again their their regular money instead of this bubble money so but yeah well, how, how do you feel about luke saying what was that how do you feel about luke walton saying uh i don't know i i still have to see luke walton in another year like just because i don't think he wanted to implement everything that he wanted to I, but i i think i told you this off the record i don't see this team being a contender with luke walton at the helm I think I think he's there for development and probably and I would see us hiring someone else. But you've brought up I I, I believe you've brought up on the last pod like Kenny Atkinson, like he mm-hmm. would probably be an ideal candidate for the Sacramento Kings team. I uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Mark Jackson and yeah see, and seeing how this the Sacramento likes being like the Bay Area and. There's there's a lot of parallels to the Sacramento Kings team to like the Warriors like Vivek Ranadive the owner of the team 
like he was a minority owner, Harrison Barnes. So I feel like that would kind of complete the circle of like this team trying to be like the Warriors. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's interviewed like later on, but uh, right now we need to find a GM. So uh, we'll, we'll see where that goes. But uh, Alvin Whoa. Gentry. Hmm? Yeah. Uh, before that, I just, I just read something right now. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen it. Oh, they just posted an hour ago yeah. by um, James Tam. Kings assistant GM Peja Stoyakovich. Sto- 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 I don't know how to say it. Stoyakovich <laughs> is expected to step down yeah, from his that's, role. That's not surprising. That's not surprising because him and Vlade were super close. I don't really yeah. see Peja working with anyone besides Vlade. So yeah. you, you might start seeing a lot of these people start leaving because that was probably another – downfall for Vlade was that he liked to hire a lot of his friends or people that he trusted and were close to so I feel like that was an, an, another weakness to like him being the GM is that I feel like he was close to a lot of the players and wasn't willing to let go on uh, on players that were he could have gotten value on he was just uh, I don't know uh, you, it's like one of those things where you're like if you're a manager, like at a job, you don't want to get too close to your employees, and mm-hmm. and uh, because then you won't be able to critique them and like and and give them advice and stuff like that, or even or even <laughs> like fire them or let them go, like because yeah. it's like oh I don't want to I don't like I know their family I don't want to like I don't want to hurt the, like their personal life. So I not saying that was true about Vlade, but it kind of. I kind of got that feeling just because there was a lot of talent where he could have let go or could have gotten better value, but he was trying to help out the players because he was once a player, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But um, moving on to like Alvin Gentry, I think this was kind of a, I think this was kind of expected because yeah. uh, they played awful in the bubble and their defense was absolutely atrocious. Yeah, and... they were they were projected to be the what the A seed, right? Yeah, I mean, going both, into it. Yeah, they were the both, favorites. They were the favorites going into it, and they just didn't perform. They fell flat on their face, which, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if Alvin Gentry is completely to blame. That might be an, some effort out there for some of the players, but. I guess that it's one of those things. It's like if a team does bad, then the coach is the first one to blame. That's, yeah, but <laughs> it, I don't. I don't think it's all his fault because some of the games, I think I remember watching. Uh, they took Zion out because of the minute restrictions. Mm-hmm. So that's that plays a part into it. But he they can't play who they want to play, mainly Zion, time wise. Yeah. And then Lonzo, he was fucking garbage. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't even Lonzo. I don't even know what to think about Lonzo anymore because he he was good like and the first it, couple weeks of the season, but yeah. he just fell off. <laughs> he he needs to score more, get get his buckets, and then start feeding everybody else. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what he did at UCLA. His assist numbers were up yeah. at UCLA, and he would he was a scorer. Well, except for that that one Kentucky versus UCLA game when Fox absolutely destroyed him, but. Yeah, we we I remember watching that. that. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I don't know. I think New Orleans is an interesting team. I, I'm not sure who yeah, I would take to take over for that. I don't know. That's tough. But it's it's a job that somebody would would love. It's like it, as soon as you hear that there's no coach there, it's a, it's a job that attracts you. Yeah, you have Zion. You, that team is nice. You just gotta you gotta build around it. Yeah. Well, if I were a coach interviewing for the New Orleans Pelicans job, I would. One of the first things I would be asking is, "What is Zion Williams's uh, diet, and what like what's the training strategy with Zion Williamson?" Because I feel like this off season, yeah. it's a shortened off season, but he need they. The Pelicans need to like be brainstorming like ideas of how to get this guy's weight down because that's gonna be like he's still gonna be good if even if he stays like the same weight, but but his weight is a difference from him being from a star to a superstar. Do you agree? Yeah, uh, but at the same time, his weight is what makes him him. Yeah, that's why like, he's so dominant against everybody. I'm not saying he needs to be like a beanpole, but it's. <laughs> I, I, I see this as like – I see this as this kind of um, – you don't watch baseball, but Pablo Sandoval, the third baseman for the Giants, that he's always had a weight weight problem. But I, I remember – I think it was 2012, the 2012 season, the Giants slimmed him down, and he was able to grab more ground balls and, like, dive and, and just be more athletic out there. And his defensive rating went up went up that year. Uh, it, like he had less errors and, and was more mobile out there on the field. I know it's a different sport, but it's they're kind of in the same situation. So yeah. uh, I don't know. I, since you brought that up, um, one of the games that they played, I seen him running back back and forth on the court, and he looked out of breath. Yeah, that which uh, is it is concerning. It should be concerning to the GM and to the coach there mm-hmm. because. He's, he's, what, 21, 20? Yeah, 20. <laughs> Looking like that? Yeah. Uh, I, well, if I was 20, when I was 20, 21, I don't believe I was out of breath running 48 minutes up and down the, up and down the court, but that was because I wasn't a major NBA athlete. But <laughs> but I wasn't like, I would go running and I wouldn't be out of breath. So there's definitely something going on there. And mm-hmm. the Pelicans need to figure that one out fast. Yeah. Uh, but going back to like, who would take over? Like, who do you think would be perfect for the Pelicans? Oh man, that's that's tough. Uh, maybe Jason Kidd. Get, Tyron Lue. I don't. One of them. Yeah, like uh, Ty- Tyron Lue. I think he would be more of a like a contender. Mm-hmm. Like have him go to a contender. Uh, Jason Kidd, I, I wouldn't mind because he was part of that early development for the Bucks. So maybe you could hopefully uh, uh, think that Jason Kidd would turn Zion into like Giannis. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure if the Lakers are willing to part ways with Jason Kidd because I feel like Kidd is I feel like Jason Kidd is like that is the assistant coach that LeBron can go to when he doesn't like what. Um, shit. What's what's the? I forget his name. Lakers head coach. I would say LeBron, the head coach of Lakers, but that's not correct. Um, Vogel, Frank Vogel. I feel oh, like yeah. I feel like Jason Kidd is like LeBron's friend 
that he can talk to, and so Vogel doesn't lose his job. But that's just my opinion. Um, what about what about Mo Cheeks? He's the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, assistant coach. He hasn't been a coach for a while, right? Mo yeah, Cheeks. he he played. He was a coach for the Trailblazers, right? Back in the day. Let me see. I I, I believe I believe he was. Uh, yeah, so he was Detroit. I that's where I remember him from, Detroit. Yeah. So he Detroit, Philly, and then Portland. Yeah. Um I don't know, but it's just super tough. Like <laughs> I like I could see Mark Jackson going there too. I could see yeah. Mark Jackson going multiple places. It's it's like it's su- super surprising that Mark Jackson who turned the Golden State Warriors franchise around where they were pretty much a laughing stock like the Kings were and just changed the, that culture of that of that franchise in like a blink of an eye and he can't get a job. I think that's a little a, a little disrespectful, but yeah. that's just my opinion. Uh, but um, another uh, speaking of disrespectful though, uh, Jim Boylan, uh, he was very disrespectful to his players. Uh, so it's not surprising that Jim Boylan got let go just because of his loose cannon uh, tactics. But like, mm-hmm. were you surprised when you heard this? Nope. He was there for two seasons, 39 wins, 84 losses. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I always thought Jim Boylan was just, like I said, he was a loose cannon. And I feel like he was always like coach, like just coaching not to get fired. So he was just – he would pull players and, like, put players in. It's just he, – he was a mess out there. And the Bulls organiza- organization is a mess too. So I'm not sure who would take that one over uh, either. So I don't know. Like, the Pelicans and the Bulls are, like, those the two franchises where you're just – we're just kind of stuck where we, we don't really know what's going to happen with them. Like the Bulls, like they have Levine yeah. and they have, and they have uh, uh, who's Kobe White. I'm Laurie thinking Markkinen. of that stretch for yeah, Larry Markkinen. Uh, but other than that, they don't really have anything. Like it's I it, I don't know. It, no, the they're Bulls, young. They're young. They're they're young, but I just uh, I don't you just know. gotta you gotta hire uh, somebody who's gonna want to rebuild, I guess, or just keep just try to maintain the team maybe at 500 or try to make playoffs with the team yeah. that you have while you're rebuilding at the same time yeah which is like, a, tough, a tough job but if you get through it then like you'll see the i wouldn't be surprised if dave, at the yeager, end of the tunnel. dave yeager gets another job like maybe he could take yeah. the chicago job I, like maybe yeah like i could i could see him coaching another team but i'm not even sure if he's on the market uh but i don't know um so yeah people losing their jobs that's that sucks so uh we hope that um alva gentry jim boylan and vlade have success elsewhere uh but i don't know uh i guess we'll talk about the one non-basketball thing that we uh that i have on the list is that i was shocked to hear this morning that amc is going to reopen their theaters and in appropriate markets that's what the the copy actually says like uh, uh, they're gonna open 100 theaters in markets where COVID-19 hasn't been affected yet hasn't been affecting people yet 
uh, and their tickets are going to be 15 cents each, which is just, it just seems like that's that <laughs> 15 they said, cents. They said those are 1920 prices. Yeah. So right before the Great Depression, it, it's, it, this is just a last ditch effort for AMC to just freaking um, uh, just not die. That's basically what they're doing. They're like, yep. they're like, we don't want to die, but are you willing to die to see the the latest movie, Christopher Nolan movie? I don't know. I I'm not gonna. Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah. Uh, and then, I, there is a movie I want to watch. New Mut- New Mutants. It's a Marvel that, one. That, New Mutants. I don't. I don't know. That been that movie's been shelved for years and years, and yeah. and studios have been hiding it away because they don't know how it's gonna perform. So I'm not even sure if I would put my life on the line to to see like uh, a movie that I don't even know if it's good. Not even for 15 cents. I would like because my life is more valuable than 15 cents. So, but. I don't know. It it's definitely super weird, but that's just how America is just handling this pandemic. It's like if you if you walk down if you you were probably downtown Sacramento today. Like people are yes. just walking. Yeah, so people are just so, walking so around when, like nothing's happening. It's yeah, like there's since, no <laughs> since I since I started my job, the first thing I noticed because I haven't been downtown in forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I went downtown for my first day of work, people everywhere with no mask and some do have masks and they're eating at like restaurants and stuff like tables are six feet apart from each other, but still weird. A lot, a lot of people still don't have a mask, which you should wear. Yeah, definitely wear a mask, but it's it, it, California just, they have this mentality of because we, we were the first states to close like during this pandemic and then things got better and our numbers went down and everyone's just like okay then we're good then and I'm like no it's California has that like mentality of like we were the first one to eat kale so it's like oh we're better than everyone we beat it before everyone else and I'm like now we have like 600,000 cases and no one is yeah. social distancing and no one's wearing a mask it's it's super frustrating that. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Water Cooler Podcast. We'll be taking a quick break to mention one of our sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. Anchor has everything you need to jumpstart your podcast all in one place. They have creation tools that help you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor will help distribute your podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and many more platforms. The best part about it, it's free. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That I don't know. It's it's definitely well, troubling times. Well, hopefully <laughs> it gets better. Yeah, hopefully it does get better. Uh, but... <laughs> That's what I'm. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, but for uh, at least this week, the next couple of weeks, we get playoff basketball. That's yeah, starting Tuesday. Play, well, Monday. We play. 
Oh, you play on Monday, Celtics. Yeah, well, there's like four, four of the or four games total, I think, on Monday. Yeah. Well, I'm excited that it's they're not shortening the playoffs either. It's going to be like seven game series, like all the way yep. through, yep. which is normal. Which is super cool. Uh, I guess with with that segue, like I guess we've already made our predictions multiple times. But do you want to do like our final predictions of, and we won't talk about it until the NBA finals. Well, for each side. Or? Yeah, for each side. Okay, so uh, for me, uh, it's probably being biased. I'm gonna, of course, go with my team, <laughs> my my Boston Celtics, beating the Bucks in the East Finals, and then for the West, I have because it's it's tough. The West is stacked. I got to look at the bracket because I don't know if these certain teams can go against each other. <laughs> you can say sorry. Kind of, I sorry. I kind of sprung that question on you. Uh, I actually, I just made a bet with a coworker today that the Celtics were. I wouldn't say. I would say that they come out of the East. But I don't know. It's going to be close, but I think the Celtics can take it all this year. And I'm not getting paid off by by Schmidt, but by saying that. Yeah. So, uh, but. I wouldn't be surprised if the Mavericks come out of the West. I, I, they're, like they're Ooh. they're my dark horse for the for for the West. I know that's a risk that's very risky because they don't play defense, just like the Blazers. Mm-hmm. But it, yep, my like dark this, horse. <laughs> the Suns, the Suns have proved that that the bubble is super weird by the by them going eight and zero. So my pick. Like the Celtics are are pretty predictable to make to make the finals this year because they're completely dominant. But my weird pick and dark horse pick would be the Mavericks, just because. But has there ever been like a seven seed to make the finals or like anything lower than like a fifth seed? I think so. Not I don't know. I can't think off the top of my head with with that, but I don't know. I just. I, I just want to see Luca in the finals. I, I just want to see all Luca games. So well, I just want to see him in the playoffs because it's going to be the first time in playoffs. Yeah. Well, he's he's played like games that are meaningful. It's just overseas. But nah. Well, we're talking about NBA because it's uh, it, the second year. Yeah. Well, I meant like Euroleague. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, I I do have the Blazers upsetting the Lakers. I know the. The listeners are probably going like, "What? What is he talking about?" <laughs> uh, do you really think they can? Are you gonna, yeah. you gonna that's, go on the Charles Barkley wagon? Uh, I don't They're know about go all the <laughs> No, I don't know about all the way. I know yeah. they have the talent too. It's just how you were talking about earlier. Defense is huge, especially mm-hmm. in, because I'm thinking when the Lakers play the Blazers, the Dame's gonna go off no matter what. But they're gonna try to slow him down, mm-hmm. double team him every like every other possession. So he's gonna have to drive in, kick it out to somebody, and they're gonna have to make the the clutch shot. Like yeah, Gary look, Trent, Carmelo, Gary Trent CJ. is like he's unreal. Like yeah, on but some I don't games. think he just can't miss. <laughs> he hasn't done good the last couple games, right? Uh, yeah, he didn't play good today. But other than that, I know he had like, a clutch shot though. Yeah, he had. I think he had like clutch three. Yeah. But uh, let me pull up his like this year he's averaging eight point nine points one like I guess 
I guess that's a, a small sample size, but um, geez, but he's playing three. He played thirty-five minutes and he only got eight points. It, it, this is really like <laughs> discouraging. Looking at his <laughs> looking his at his basketball <laughs> reference is that the the Sacramento Kings drafted him in the second round and let him go. That's just discouraging. I'm just gonna close this tab. Uh, anyways, I think that. <laughs> To move on to something more positive, let's. Uh, if we have any weekly recommendations, do do, you, like, do you want to recommend anything positive uh, to the listeners? Well, for today, you kind of you kind of caught me off guard. Uh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have anything. I it's, don't either. It's kind of a depressing week with it being so hot. Everyone, stay cool. If you live freaking in the Central Valley. Uh, Sacramento, any anywhere where the freaking surface of the sun is just you're yeah, just living man. on the surface of the sun. It was 90 degrees at nine o'clock last night. I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> you should have seen this morning. It was so I woke up at five in the morning for work or four in the morning for work, and then I left around like four or something to get there at five, and it was I think almost 80, 80 degrees or something. Yeah, I. It's, it was already super hot. Yeah, it was insane. We're we're complaining about the heat. We're typical Californians <laughs> that say like and um, and we complain about the heat. But <laughs> thank you for joining us for this. Uh, I do. Morning. I do have an update for something. Okay. Um, sure, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> John John Morant. He it says John Morant revealed that he played the last four games in the bubble with a fractured thumb. Oh crap! Did did I just did, did, I just got I it just, two minutes ago. That's crazy. Um, well, and he still dropped. What was yeah, he's still points? thirty-five and eight. <laughs> it, it no. Since we're talking about John Moran again, I guess we won't close. Uh, watching him today, it really depressed me because his game is so much similar to Darren Fox, and he's basically stealing Darren Fox's like thunder. Well, that's what I thought Darren Fox would be like. Because he's super yeah. athletic too, the same way. He drives in, everybody everybody goes towards him, he kicks it out, and those people he kicks it out to basically clapped a shot. Right. That's that's uh, it. It's just that's all he goes that's that's what he does. I that's think Jaw's more aggressive. I think mm-hmm. Jaw's more aggressive and he's stronger. Like I I think you actually mentioned this off the record is that you want De'Aaron to bulk up in the offseason. He's yep. too skinny. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I think he's like I think any player can always get bigger, but I think Bagley, out of all of them, needs he needs to bulk up. He needs to bulk up his feet too, because fucking the foot injury is just plaguing that guy's career. It's it, I don't. I I hope Bagley's not a Sambui. He needs he needs some some vitamins. He needs to stay healthy. <laughs> some vitamins. <laughs> Water Cooler Podcast brought to you by Vitamin Water. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I guess before we get on another King's Tangent, I guess we should end this podcast before it goes off the rails. Uh, thank you for listening to the ep- Water Cooler Episode 7. It seems unreal that we were almost at ep- uh, 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thank you for everyone that's supporting this podcast. Whether that's Jerry's wife or anyone that has just picked up on the podcast, uh, we really appreciate you. 
please uh, be sure to rate and review the podcast on iTunes so we can rise rise in the ranks. Uh, we appreciate all of you. Wear masks, stay safe, stay cool out there. And uh, Jerry, do you want to uh, say same, anything? Same thing. I agree with everything Marley said. Just rate and review us. Listen to our pod. Appreciate the listens and wear masks. Right. Uh, thank you for listening and peace out. time turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl closing time one last call for alcohol so finish your whiskey or beer closing time you don't have to go home but you can't stay here